Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have Jason Donaldson on. He actually lives here on the Big Island of Hawaii, but we've never met a person. So this is going to be really fun to get to know him and have a new tribe member. So before I bring him on and tell you all about him, just a few announcements. First one is that I have that free 20-minute meditation to meet your galactic family and guides on my website. So if you haven't um, done that meditation yet, definitely grab that at mysticmanta.com. It's just right at the top of the website. Also, I have my galactic retreat coming up September 14th to the 17th here on the Big Island in Waikoloa Village. So whether you're local, I have a package for that, or if you're flying in from outside of the Big Island, then I have packages for that as well. So check that out. Also, if you are visiting here on the Big Island, come see me on one of my Big Island UFO tours and witness the night sky in a whole new way. Last night we had a tour, um, it was very windy. Right now we have the trade winds, but clear skies and non-stop activity. It was crazy. So also currently um, for the next few months, I'm teaching different galactic sessions, focusing on different galactic groups. So we have 12 groups total that we're focusing on. Last week were the Arcturians. This week we're focusing on the Syrians. Next week are the Pleiadians. And so check out my website for more details on that. And it will be meditative journey. I will also be channeling and um, it's Last week was intense, but really amazing. So check that out. That's also on mysticmanta.com and the UFO tours, bigislandufotours.com. So now without further ado, I'm going to bring on Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi. <laughs> I love your background and it fits right in with my Syrian theme for this week. But let me tell people a little bit about you because you have a really interesting background. Jason Donaldson has a BA in psychology from University of Hawaii at Hilo, a master's in arts in marriage and family therapy from NCU, is a certified SECHEM energy practitioner and spirit guidance mentor. Jason has an extremely varied background in many healing modalities and much esoteric studies such as ascension mechanics, quantum physics, nutrition, tai chi, qigong, tarot, shadow work, energy signature reading, etheric surgery, implant removal, meditation, breathwork, soul retrieval, and archetypes. He has been trained in the three principles approach to mental health, facilitated various groups, workshops, and rite of passage ceremonies for over 10 years. Welcome, Jason. That is quite a lot of modalities that you do. <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple I omitted too, and it's yeah, it's it's a lot. It was all in the effort to like fix myself and heal myself and okay, you know, get yeah. I felt like I was broken my whole life, and so it was like, oh, this thing's gonna help me, and now this thing, and I need to learn that, and I'm gonna work with these people in this group. And I love it. Well, let's ultimately. actually let's talk about how you grew up. Uh, what kind of spiritual or religious or something else kind of household did you grow up in, so that we know like why you needed to fix yourself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I was pretty blessed based on what other people tell me as far as religion that I didn't really experience a whole lot of it. Like my dad didn't really like church. It, like his church was the woods, the mountains. So I spent a lot of time 
in nature and went to the church once once in a while but it was like um not enjoyable to me and it was kind of like scary and like depressing and sad and boring and and i get why how it helps people but for me it wasn't i didn't enjoy it i didn't really like it and a lot of the stuff that um i connected with it was like considered evil or witchcraft or something i'm like well wait a minute that doesn't make sense you right. know so um yeah it was a lot of time in nature and my dad had more of a native american approach to like you know spirit and our connection with nature and the animals and and uh you know like the great spirit and stuff so i was pretty blessed in that way yeah the same with my mom she wasn't she didn't really push much religion on us or anything okay well so then were there things in your childhood or your teenage years that led to you being on this journey of trying to heal? Yeah, well, you know, it runs in my family. There's this sensitivity to energy and often it's kind of darker stuff. And like what people would say is like demons and ghosts and things that have like a negative connotation to it. And often that's just like the fear of something unknown happening and it brings this insecurity and it's like, oh no, you know, and even when our guides show up, sometimes that happens, you know, for me, it was like my guides would show up. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? It's scary. Yeah. I don't like it. And, you know, turn it into a fear thing. And then they'd leave, of course. But um, a lot of that runs in my family. And so there's already that sensitivity and that awareness of it, but not always a deep understanding of what it is and why it's happening. And the fact that there is, you know, more benevolent aspects of this but it often shows up in kind of a negative way, at least for me and some of my other family members. But we also have visitation from our ancestors after they die, where, which is actually quite common in a lot of the research you'll see, and which I'm sure you're aware of, that when someone dies, they usually show up like in a dream or standing at the foot of the bed or, you know, some, some way they reach out like, hey, I'm cool. I'm all right. I'm still around. You know, it's okay. Yeah. And yeah. so um, there was that sensitivity to that. and a lot of confusion around it for me and also like a very busy active mind like my mom's side of the family so that was like my dad's side and my mom's side is more like atlantean geniuses so they got this really strong intellect and they're very much like um connected to that even though they don't know it you know it's not much yeah. talk about aliens although they've seen ships and stuff like a couple of my mom's uh family members it's had seen like ships like triangle ships and stuff Okay. And so uh, with that comes this really active mind and a lot of thoughts and a lot of um, things that come and go and a lot of picking up of the energies around me. And when I was a kid, it was really confusing because I would have these thoughts and they'd be really upsetting. And I'd be like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why would I think that? And I would think it was mine and I'd take it on as mine when really it was just feeling the energy or feeling something that was in the environment. And that was really difficult. And what was a blessing is that as I got older, I got to work with youth here in Hawaii and I was helping, you know, at, you know, at risk youth, which were really just kids that, um, you know, dad wasn't around or dad was in jail or they had, you know, they were impoverished or had other challenges. And we got to work with them as a group with mentors from the community. And there'd be some, some of the boys that were really sensitive and similar to me. And I'd be able to connect with them and let them know like, Hey, you know, yes, that stuff's real. And, you know, your thoughts are not you. It's just, you're, you know, it's just the thought. You don't have to take it on. And, and the power of the group setting really would solidify that for everybody too, that just struggled with these belief systems that 
you know, these core negative beliefs that I'm not good enough or um, I'm unlovable or nobody likes me. And you can have a whole room of people say, man, I like you. You're awesome. You know, and when three people or five people say that it's much more powerful than just one. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's really a blessing to get a, like, help my child self with what I struggled with as a youth and, you know, all that sensitivity, you know, like the Octarian energy we were talking about where um, it's like this exposed nerve and the environment and feeling and vibrating with everything. And it's like, Oh my God. And if the mind grabs onto it, it's like, that's me. Oh no. And when really it's like, okay, breathe, feel it, be present. And, and then it becomes fun. Sometimes. It's fun. <laughs> so then, um, getting your BA in psychology, right? Um, so did you already know when you were going to college that this was the kind of work that you wanted to do? Or did it come later where you were like, okay, now I need to do more of the metaphysical side of things? Um, I, I was always interested in metaphysics, but it was kind of blocked for me. Like, I, I never really found the information I was looking for. And then in my twenties, I spent a lot of time like drinking and partying and trying to like subdue that nervous system. Like a lot of star seeds and indigos do like we have that really sensitive uh, nervous system. And so I tried to numb it out. I tried to push it away. And I even was on some level trying to be a sociopath where I wouldn't feel anything and I could do and have what I wanted and not really care how it impacts people, which isn't really who I am. I'm a Christic being, but as a, adolescent and a young adult that's what was presented to me in movies and you know role models and I was like oh I need to be this tough strong man that you know can not never cries doesn't so show emotion never gets nervous that's what I want to be because they get the girl they get the money they get all this stuff right and you know and that wasn't really who I was and then the you know the drinking and all that kind of led its course and I had some visitations and things happen to me during that when I was at a lower vibratory vibratory state which um actually i i get really off i might be getting a little off topic but okay no so much to share what, that, what, uh, what kind of visitations did you have because i think some of our audience members would probably really resonate with your story yeah and this is the thing with demons and stuff right is i have a giant dragon tattooed on my back because at the height of my like suicidal drinking and just not caring about anything I uh, woke up in the middle of the night. I saw the light on because I passed out, right? I was laying on my bed and something's like scratching at my back. I'm just like, what the hell? I wake up, I'm yelling and the thing's still scratching at me, right? And so I, that was kind of a wake up, like what am I dancing with? What am I embracing? And I had some dreams too of uh, going, descending down into this, this room where all these people were and it felt very vampiric. And it felt like if I went in there, I would kind of get lost. And, and so I backed out and then I was back out on the, on the road somewhere and I saw this light and I got teleported towards the light. Um, just so many experiences like that, that kind of was like, okay, I am needing to change what I'm doing here. And, um, you know, I got the dragon tattooed on my back for protection and I started working with, um, you know, letting go of the alcohol and things that I used to, um, self-medicate and ultimately I wound up having to move to Arizona from uh, the Seattle area to just get away from everything and that's where I started diving into metaphysics and I found my first teacher and um, so I, I was going to college on and off community college for a long time but I was never really 
focused. I was just, it was just like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had all these ideas, but I was really just partying and having fun and trying to suppress my emotions. I was always working too, but I went to Arizona and I was working a lot there. And then I just focused on reading all the books and started meditating and went to every psychic I could find to get tarot card readings. I was obsessed with past lives. So I had all these past life regressions and trying to find out who I was based on the past, which isn't really accurate, but um, it's important. And so, and I found my metaphysics teacher who taught me tarot cards and all these things. And she was a channeler and a five, five planet Scorpio that um, I would just sit with her as she'd do readings too over the phone and just listen. And I'd get all, I had all these questions I had for her and, um, and it was really eye-opening for the perspective it gave me, especially, you know, especially a lot of the channeled material in the books I read. It was like just so expanding to, to get that awareness. And at one point I had to choose the light. Like there's a salient point where based on what I was doing in the past, I've always been in the light and love, but there was a time period where I was trying to suppress that and hide that. And, and I wasn't always pleasant in the world. I didn't hurt people, but I was verbally like, you know, mean and stuff. And I wasn't really always conscious. And as I was moving away from that and wanting to embrace more of the light, I had to choose that at a salient moment right around the time I was learning about Aleister Crowley and reading about him because I knew magic was real. And I was like, that guy could do it. So I'm going to read about it. But that also brought up a lot of stuff and a lot of shadow. And I had this point where I was meditating and I think I'd smoke some weed and I don't really like using, you know, drugs or substances with spiritual practices or meditation, although, you know, there's a time and place for it here and there, mm-hmm. but I'd smoke some weed and I was meditating and like, I felt like all these demons and stuff pulling me down. And I was just like, no, I don't want that. I want that. I want the light. I want the light. And I just like chose the light. And then I shot up out of there. And that was like the salient point where I chose the light because prior to that, my belief system was that the light is weak. You know, it's like guys in ponytails singing, playing the guitar, and it's just really cheesy and kind of wimpy. And that's not the case. Cause like my teacher, you know, she was pretty badass. You know, she's this Sicilian Scorpio woman that just didn't take any crap from anybody. And she made the light look cool. And I was like, all right, I can hang with this. And then I was there for about six years in Hawaii, or I mean, in Arizona. And then I wound up moving to Hawaii to finish my uh, bachelor's degree. And ultimately kept going and got my uh, master's in marriage and family therapy. Okay, but, um, so- I actually started with the metaphysics first and worked with a galactic shaman for a while. And I was in an Ascension community. I was a mentor in Lisa Renee's community for a number of years. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's a really amazing um, starseed teacher. Teaches a lot of tools and techniques for commanding space, doing grid work, um, transiting beings and entities and things. And uh, I learned a lot there. And Hawaii taught me to choose love, choose my heart. And you know, the aloha is the aloha is real. And that's why he continues to teach me you know and, and to just let go and embrace what is okay so um i guess do you have a primary star seed group or are you what star seed are you or what system are you primarily from in your understanding well, i'm more of a wanderer you know mm-hmm. people have told me that and that really resonates that i went to various systems but there is a definitely octurus connection uh, I work with uh, Natiru, which is like Sirius and Orion. I do feel like an Orion connection with that. And um, the Galactic Shaman I worked with 
him and I were in the galactic or the electric wars, which I think was the Orion system. But um, yeah, a bunch, honestly. And then there's this huge dragon connection for me and lifetimes working with dragon energy, which is like semi-etheric and all around us. It was yes, more powerful yeah. in certain, I don't know if it's dimensions or times or whatever, but it's like, it's very real. Oh, it is. I, dragons, myself. <laughs> so, I, that's one thing that um, when Patty first connected us, um, she was like, you two need to meet. And, you know, then I was seeing some of your Facebook posts about dragons and, and all of that. And I'm like, yep, okay, you're one of my tribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. I love the work you're doing. I want to check out one of your tours too. That sounds great. Definitely need to come on that. Um, well, so, okay. So you are a certified SECHEM energy practitioner. And when I saw that, um, when I first met you, I had never heard of that. So I'm sure there's a lot of the audience that doesn't know what that is either. So can you explain what that kind of work is? Yeah, I didn't know what it was either. I just, one day, um, a couple of years ago, Anubis showed up, you know, I'd get a sense of beings and energy around me. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And he kept showing up. I got a couple of massages from a friend and he's like, Anubis showed up today and gave me this message. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I've been feeling him. And um, so I started moving towards embracing that lifetime in Egypt I had, which was kind of painful because not a lot of people know that Egypt, there was a lot of like black magic and a lot of stuff that was happening there that wasn't always pleasant. And before, you know, before the fall, before the forgetting, which we all wanted, um, it was more, you know, benevolent and harmonious, but there was a period where, you know, we were really powerful and we kind of got overwhelmed with that. And, it, you know, and that was fun too, until it wasn't. But um, so Sekham is working with the Egyptian gods, the Natiru, which I don't experience them as gods or anything to worship. They're more like our star brothers and sisters. And they're, you know, a cosmic energy that is grounded with archetypal earth, you know, archetypes. So you'd have like Isis and Hathor, which both goddesses of love and one's more like towards the mother and fertility and the other is a little more towards celebration and uh, nurturing or like sustenance and things of those nature. And they're very interchangeable. A lot of them are the same, like Sekhmet and Bastet and uh, even like the subdued form of uh, Best uh, segment is um, Hathor, which you know when she drank the 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 uh, brew when she was on her on her uh, blood thirst, you know whatever. It's it's a long story, but <laughs> I won't get into it here. But basically, um, it's a way for us to dance with the different um, energies and embrace like a higher level of consciousness and call in forth uh, these um, galactic cosmic energies to help assist us as we navigate you know our reality and so the modality i use works with um sekhem which is the first energy which is a creational energy and that's associated with sekhmet and she's the fierce protector but also like one of the greatest healers because she can cut away and remove and destroy our old beliefs and thoughts and ideas about the way things are and ultimately that's what heals us is we basically get out of our own way and we remember and things get better and I, that's why i call myself a healer is it's not that i'm doing the healing i'm just helping people remember and then there's a yeah. healing that comes forth from that so. yeah same and well and 
I think that we can channel that energy to others where their body can naturally start healing itself as well. Yeah. 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 You just create that field that like kind of kickstarting something. And Yeah. So, okay. Well, so I am super curious what you understand about your one or more lives in ancient Egypt. Like, were you one of these black magic practitioners from what you understand or what was your um, role? You know, and, and you know, the black magic is just like ego kind of overtakes people. And we see that with the gurus that we're sleeping with their students and stuff. It's like they don't really intend to do that. I mean, some do maybe, but a lot of them is just temptation. And so like my lifetime in Egypt, I was I have a friend that is a really amazing musician. We were there together in Egypt and um, we were both like we were healers then too. We help people remember and connect to, you know, their spirit and basically it was the time of forgetting. And at the time we could channel a lot of energy from the earth, from the actual like connection from the above and the below and how energy was being channeled through the pyramids and everything. And so we could actually channel that through with energy healing in a really powerful way. And so I was doing that to help people. And then ultimately I started getting caught up in thinking it was me, that that was my power and my energy. And I just, I saw, I did a quantum hypnosis session where I was able to see very clearly what this life was about. Mm -hmm. And it was like me standing by one of the pyramids, just going, ah, like shooting the energy out into the, uh, just out into the sky because it felt good. And I felt it all powerful with it. And what I was really doing is I was depleting the earth energy. And I didn't really, really realize that. I didn't even really care, I don't think at that point, but I didn't start out wanting to do that. And there might've been other things that happened in that life too. I don't know, but it was, um, that's what stood out. And so now in this lifetime, whenever I do ceremonies, whenever I'm working with people or even just my own daily practices, I'm connecting to the earth and I'm giving back. And we don't really need to even draw any energy from anywhere. It's all coming from within us anyway. So uh, when we get big groups of people together for our sound healing and breath work uh, adventures and stuff we do on the big island, it's always take an opportunity to give that energy back to, to bless the land, especially in Hawaii where there's so much mana here and so much has yeah. been given and so much transformation happens here for people that I always try to make sure we give back to. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I actually, last year I did a quantum healing session where I got to, I, I already knew I had something to do with ancient Egypt based on a session I did with my friend Tracy um, early last year, but I didn't know exactly my role. So I wanted, I was curious, like, okay, like let's dig deeper into this. And in the quantum healing session, um, I was not an Egyptian. I was actually a Syrian mm. and I was a genetic engineer upgrading the human body to hold more energy. And Ooh, cool. So it was during the time where the sound healing frequency was what was used, you know, to to levitate the stones, to build the pyramids and to do all of that. That was not my role. I was in the spacecraft sending out huge amounts of frequency to modify the DNA and upgrade the body. And it was a whole experiment that we were doing with Earth versus another system similar to Earth where people were on the ground teaching the you know the humans versus on this other planet we were doing this upgrading without physically intervening and looking to see which one was better and what happened was on earth as you just shared 
you know, people, it kind of went to their heads. Ego took over and there ended up being this power struggle. Whereas where we didn't teach people directly, it actually was much more like avatar, like harmonious community, love (laughs) and growth and that connection with nature instead of technology. Mm -hmm. And when both experiences have value too, right? Like experience what it's like to fall into ego and Yes. Be in that place and then come out of it and be like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. And we're all we're here to experience all of it. So anyway. Yeah. And that's what I didn't get when I was younger is like just, you know, I came here to experience this and not to fight the experience. And, you know, or even now as I'm older, I still have a lot of the, you know, nervous system stuff. But more and more it's like learning to just breathe with it and be like, oh, okay, this is visiting and it's okay. Rather than in the past, I'd try to figure it out and do shadow work on it and you know, rescript it or console myself. And a lot of it I'm realizing is just breathing and the presence. And um, I think that's what gets us out of our ego faster than anything, you know. Beautiful. I love you had that experience at Lifetime. I, there's, uh, have you read The Golden Pond or The Golden Lake? Yes, by uh, Holt. Yeah, she talks about that a bit in there, about that very time period and the, the building of the pyramids and the channeling. I think it was, the, yeah, the Syrians we're helping with that yes yeah i actually used one of my heroes in the channeling world because i see her i i experience her as a very clear channel Mm -hmm. um where i i told you before we got on you know i grew up in the ramtha school which was a channeled message or you know energy coming through but the my experience of the woman that was the channeler was she was still very much stuck in her ego, very mm. much so. And um, even though there were some amazing, like for me, true messages coming through Ramtha, there were other messages that felt very much like they were be- being filtered through her ego and her fear and judgment and wanting to keep people really stuck in fear, which I did not resonate with at all. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't feel good. You can discern it. No. And we get to make choices about what our life is, right? We don't have to live in fear. And yeah, absolutely. And timeline jump. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. Yeah, it can happen. That's the thing is it, it doesn't even, you don't need to do anything externally. It, it's all in here. And then all of a sudden the same people just act different. It's so yeah. bizarre. It's so fun to witness, you know, it's like, oh, wow. That, I was not expecting that. It is what um, over the last couple of years, that's that's what I've been working with my clients and my students with of like, okay, you know, it's this deep inner healing work. And when we do that, then the external will change around us naturally. Yeah. I've had it where um I was sitting in on uh, one of the wisdom dialogues. This woman, Hope Johnson, does um something she calls wisdom dialogues, a lot heavily based on uh what's it called? A Course in Miracles, where mm-hmm. she starts talking from this place of consciousness, like pure spirit, and it just irritates the hell out of the ego. But she was, I had all my questions for her, and there was one point where she was talking, and I shot out, almost out of this reality, and I got scared. I was like, wait a minute, I want to come back. I'm not done yet. You know, I don't want to be out there yet, and I wonder what would happen if I went out there and how that would translate here, but there was this fear of like, oh no, I, I don't want to fully let go of what's holding me in place. And I see that with a lot of people is like, they'll progress and they'll grow. And they get to the point where like, oh, that's enough. I I can't do anymore. 
And if you try to take them there too fast, it's really not helpful and and it's actually harmful. And so that's why we all all have to have permission, of course, you know, to Mm -hmm. help anybody essentially. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, because even the I was talking about entities and demons and stuff like that stuff all serves. It's all there. I've realized that is helping them. They actually want that is to remove it. They'll get sick. So yeah, it just so many perspectives I never understood when I was younger. You know, there are. We're here in third dimensional experience polarity, and we learn and grow and evolve from that polarity. Yeah. Ultimately, our role is to you know okay, see it from that higher perspective and and become love and non judgmental and all of that. But for me, I know I can see all of the things in my life that were really challenging that I could put blame and like I was the victim and all of this where I then could get, I got myself out of it and then, you know, was able to become even greater in terms of my evolution from that, the wisdom that I was able to have. Yeah. And you can help others. Like when they come to you, it's like, Oh, okay. I recognize this. And it's always a little different, but it's very similar, you know? Yeah. So what kind of people come to you for healing? What kinds Um, of situations are they in? Or do you primarily work with men or women or both? Both, pretty much anybody. Um, Seems like more often women are more receptive to this type of work, although that's changing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I, I work, I wear different hats too. You know, I can go into like the therapeutic world and work with people in that world. And it's very different population and demographic and, I can do it. I don't always like it because I like to talk about really weird stuff because even among the weirdos, I'm really weird, you know? So, uh, although when I moved to Hawaii, that wasn't so much the case, you know, there's a lot of galactic beings there and, and, you know, they just, for me, galactic means you see from a higher perspective and that's, you know, I don't like to throw it around, but that's kind of what I'm doing is, uh, is like a galactic shaman where I see like all the different angles and feel and sense things and you know how all the shamanism is every culture has shamanism and it's all has a common thread and a common purpose and like working from that understanding and that higher perspective of things so um yeah it's it's like that i kind of lost my i went off on a tangent there but <laughs> i was just curious how do you work with people come to you what kind of views might they have um what kind of views no, what kinds of issues? Oh, like, issues. Like, why Why would they be like, I need to hire Jason. I need to go see him. I need his healing. Um, it, you know, it's all different. Uh, you know, a lot of it's relational, you know, which, you know, I work as, I was trained as a marriage and family therapist. Mm-hmm. I didn't get licensed yet. I may do that. I may not. But um, a lot of it's relationships. Um, a lot of it is, you know, past trauma. Um beliefs about who they are based on what they've been diagnosed with or told by others. And basically a lot of that, you know, just this idea that there's something wrong with them, but they know there's not, you know, and there's this thing they can't quite overcome that they want to break free of. And so um, I can't really say specifically because it, it's so varied a lot of times, but it's usually yeah, someone that's already aware of, um, already has their spiritual practices, already knows who they are on a, on a pretty high level. And yet there's certain things that they're 
still wanting to break free of or move beyond kind of thing. Or they're just drawn to the sekhem. You know, they're drawn to the energy. Like, what is that? I, I had a dream about, you know, so-and-so and, -so and it, I want to learn more kind of thing. I want to experience this, what this is. So can you just, um, I guess, what that energy session might look like? Is it yes. similar to Reiki or some other thing that people would be familiar with? Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot like Reiki. I mean, it's energy work. I use some sound with it, um, some tarot cards. Um, also incorporate guided meditation and breathing. So it's it's different for each person too. What comes through and which nitiru will come forward. Like I call them all in, and then um, I'm basically channeling their energy through me, and they tell me, you know, just show up. They, we'll we'll do the rest. You just have to show up and be clear. And because in the beginning, I was kind of scared to even do this. And this is why I even went and got my bachelor's degree is because I was studying all this metaphysics stuff. And I'm like, everyone thinks I'm a weirdo. This is just too weird to talk about. You know, that's why I love you, because you're just like putting it out there. And so many people are now it's it's more accepted. And so I, I got the degree and to be you know credentialed and all that stuff. But it was basically. um yeah, just channeling their energy and getting out of the way and, you know, say, allowing what comes forth to come forth. And yeah, like depending on the person's need and what frequency they're at, which Natiru comes forward. And it's fun to sometimes I see like past lives and there may be implants or energy in the person's body and I'll tune in with the Natiru and they're like, okay, yeah, remove that, remove that or just leave that. And they just guide me around. So, so um, yeah, it's all in the moment etheric um surgery that you do as well is with with that yeah yeah that's okay. um basically it's not always maybe what it is but i perceive like there we know a lot of people know there's implants on people and there's energy that's held in the body and there's like certain level of mind control and mind caps and so i see these different energetic influences in the body which again all have a purpose you know because too much too fast it, it will you know fry somebody they they can't only go so much so fast sometimes or at least that's what i see with some people but it's up to their belief system but um yeah there's certain things that i can see in a person's body that um can be removed and and a lot of times it does it on its own it's shed like with our breath work ceremonies you can actually see it moving out and you can see something kind of lingering and then I just leave it there, you know, until they let it go. And then I just clear it out. And, but if I have permission, I can actually take things out and remove stuff a lot faster. But again, it's up to what's right for them, for their highest level and frequency of healing that can be integrated with grace and ease. Because in the past, when I do energy work, it was too much for people. It was too, too much energy coming in. Uh, too much was removed. And so I had to set the intention and I had to really tune in with, um, what was what was present in the moment for them what was best rather than just as much as humanly possible you know to get them elevated because it's not enjoyable if we get too much energy yeah, yeah. well so oh, yeah. <laughs> one is that i only when i moved here to hawaii did i feel like i could actually be my full authentic self mm -hmm. back in washington I was still trying to be kind of normal Lisa take seriously because I still also had a mainstream business in addition to my spiritual business. 
And so moving here kind of gave me permission that I can be whoever I really am and I will attract my tribe that way. Hmm. So, you know, so that was a beautiful thing. Um, also to your point of like them telling you, just trust us. We will do the work. Your, you know, your team. Um, hmm. When I was right before I started doing the sessions that I'm doing now, I've got 13 different galactic groups that we're working with. So one each week. And um, I've only been working with my Arcturians primarily, but what they what they told me is, trust us, we're the gatekeepers, and you are all of these things, all of these groups. And so you will be, you, you will allowing yourself to come through from these different realities. You don't have to know what it's going to look like. You just have to trust and be yeah. clear, like you said. So Unless you want to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love it. So like this, this is the first time um, I have not been in control of what is, what's being taught, <laughs> actually. Oh, how's that feel? Um, it's well last week went really well so it, it feels really good and it, and it it's like building that muscle of trust yeah um because you know coming from the academic world and having to like know what your curriculum is and know like okay i've got my lesson plan and all of that when i was a professor i carried that through all of the things that i've done you know since that time and so this is my first time again, just being like, okay, I give it up to you. <laughs> yeah. That, to me, that's what faith is. That's mm -hmm. true faith. You know, whether it's with money or with, you know, channeling or showing up in a speaking engagement, not having a clue what you're going to say. Yes. It's like, we know what the intention or the energy is, but you know, the words, because I used to believe I had to have everything planned out and written out in a big long speech or whatever. And I couldn't memorize. I just, my mind just would, it doesn't have that kind of memory. So mm -hmm. I was actually forced to be like, okay, I got to embrace my feminine part. I got to embrace my intuitive self. That's going to channel in that moment and just trust. And it's way better because yeah. your audience, your, your group, whoever's listening, you can feel their energy and you know what to say, you know, a part of us knows what to say anyway. Yeah. And it's way more enjoyable for everyone. I, yes. Okay, well, and also, I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but I have an undefined throat, which means that if I'm alone, I don't always have my voice. And that, that creates fear in terms of speaking and thinking that I'm going to have the right words. But when, when I get into an audience, they actually fill my throat up. So then I always then have the words that they need to hear. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, something that I've had to learn to trust over the last eight years of really working with my human design. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious. Do you know if your throat is undefined or not? I'm a, um, uh, I think it's amplifier or generator, one of the two. Okay, I don't know a whole lot about it, but what is so it? Gen there's a generator. I'm a generator. Generator, yeah. But there's also a manifesting generator. No, that's my girlfriend. So she's okay. got the best of both worlds okay so <laughs> then like it's likely you do not have your throat defined which means no. i would operate similarly in that yeah the words will come we just have to be in that energy of that audience mm. and then, yeah that sounds sounds right yeah <laughs> cool 
whole different topic, but okay. So now I, as one again, who have, I, I know that I am way more like non-earth than earth as, as an entity, as, as an energy, as a soul. Um, the whole implant question, I'm super curious from your perspective, your understanding about that, because I know that I, the groups that I'm affiliated with, like I have had or still do have energetic implants, but I don't, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. And yeah, I thought it was originally when, when I discovered that that was a real thing. Like I discovered there was something, something called crucifixion implants. I was like, oh no, I need to get rid of those. So I, you know, reached out to the galactic shaman I mentioned earlier, uh, Michael Joseph. He really, really awesome. Not his real name. They're always constantly moving. Him and his uh, partner, really powerful healers, though. But um, yeah, I wanted to get rid of those, and he wound up doing different work, and it sent me down a different path than having these. You know, he removed implants, and but he ultimately said, you can do this work too. And I'm like, I don't want to. That's weird this is weird. I'm not going to pull stuff out of people's bodies out on the street and stuff, you know, like just like this kind of thing. But um, yeah. And again, you know, that's what I, how I perceive it. And I think there's a lot of time I spent meditating where I would feel like an ax in my head from like another lifetime of how I died. And I would just be like, Oh, okay. And I just pull it away and I'd work with the energy there. And you see it in, in indigenous tribes in my anthropology class. We saw some really old footage of, um, one of the kids would get hurt on her arm and the mother would just start going like this, you know, pulling it out. And so it's, it's innate in all of us to realize that things are energy and we can remove and pull them out when we need to, when we come to that time of realization. And so it's the same with the implants and even entities too, is it's just, you know, when you're ready, let it go. And you don't really even need to know a whole lot about it other than, and a lot of it's uh, a mental construct too. Like uh, a lot of it's just the belief we hold on to that's creating a lot of the uh, frequency for things to get stuck or implanted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, mate, I like your, your explanation of that. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, you know, that's my perspective on it. Other people would have their views. In oh. Lisa's community, we talked a lot about that and about energetic structures on the planet and uh, how you can harness and direct energy for your own personal will. And a lot of that's been done on this planet. And more recently, that's all of crumbling and falling apart. And even though it may look worse on the surface, a lot of those people that were benefiting from others' energy and, and the nature's energy are not able to draw on it like they could. And because we all have to, like, we're all ascending out of this. And some people will choose something else and go to the timelines where that will still exist. But um, the vast majority of this planet, I feel, too, is is ascending. and. Um, yeah so it's it's an exciting time it is (laughs) i are like me i was definitely called to this island you know Mm -hmm. i there was no reason why i needed to leave washington like i had a nice house you know i had a cushy life really cushy but i in the middle of covid it just came very strongly and within six months of deciding we moved here and had bought a house. And, and I know that was more of my poll, not my husband's poll, but um, for you, I'm curious what, like how you were drawn here to the Island. Cause she either pulls you in or she spits you out. Right. (laughs) 
yeah, I didn't really want to come here because I felt like I wasn't really wanted here. Like, um, you know, Hawaii is its own kingdom and it was taken over and, um, you know, the Hawaiians are embrace visitors and people that come live here, but there's, you know, it's, it is their, their kingdom. And so I didn't want to impose on that. And yet coming here, I was able to learn and grow and I'd learn about Aloha and learn to like, change how I think and view the world. And I came here ultimately because my mom and stepdad live here and they ha they have a small business. So I came to work for them and finish my degree. And I just, you know, I like, I fell in love with the ocean. You know, I, did, I was kind of afraid of water and all that. Now I'm, I'm totally into it and not as scared of sharks and all that stuff. And the weather's great and the people, it's just the people here are phenomenal. And so I wound up staying, but yeah, I never really intended to come here, but I was drawn here. And when I came to the islands, I was meditating a lot, you know, all through my Arizona time, I was always meditating constantly. I was a limo driver for a while, well, chauffeured transportation, you know, like the escalades and stuff. I just sit for hours and meditate and I get all these kind of downloads and really amazing experiences. And I got really sensitive to energy. And so when I came to Hawaii, I'd go into nature, I'd meditate and I'd get a lot of like who are you? What are you doing here? And kind of like some intense, you know, there's spirits everywhere and ancestral spirits. Yeah. But yeah. I connected with Pele and like Pele saw me beyond that. Like this, like this caught, she's like a cosmic being that really sees like a lot of our lifetimes. So she saw beyond my skin and everything, like who I am and these other lifetimes. And I just felt really that warm embrace from her. And I felt like she's been protecting me ever since. And like, she saw what I came here to do and, whatever that is, I don't know, but I've always tried to give more than I take. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a blessing. I don't know how long I'll be here, but you know, I'm here now. Actually I'm in Washington state right now visiting family, but, uh, you know, I still live in Hawaii, but it's, it's not easy. You gotta like, you gotta kind of hustle. You gotta work various jobs. Um, it's hard to find places to live and, and it's more, uh, you know, you're off grid a lot of times or you catching your own rainwater and, it, it it'll make you appreciate life and nature even more and so yeah well and your side is definitely more of that oh and yeah and puna especially yeah. <laughs> i my good friend lee lives over in puna you might even know him oh i know lee yeah lee's great i watched the interview you did with him okay. that guy's yeah. awesome man that yeah. i had no idea that he um had that connection until i saw your interview well he didn't either until we did the regression <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, no, it's, it's quite, a, um, it, it's been a fascinating process because one of, one of the reasons why I do this show, number one, it's to really expand awareness to the public who may not know about all these different things that exist. So it's you know, spreading information, awareness, um, someone's going to resonate with someone more than the other, you know, just based on what they need. But it's also, it's a personal thing of like, I'm building my tribe. Like we yeah. need to all know each other and work together and really like come from this true place of healing and love. And so I love, you know, bringing people like you and Leon that are really part of that, that mission. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have my hangups and my, my thoughts that come in and interrupt that flow. Like, uh, you know, the love, especially to really open and connect to people has always been scary to me. 
because um, mm-hmm. you know I, I, it's just easier to push everything away as a sen- as someone that feels things you know to just be like okay that's enough get away and and so more and more you know it's like going to a static dance that's something I never would have done when I was in my twenties you know you go and you start dancing a lot like relaxed and fluid and you know I'm like, like but now I you know I do all that weird stuff so it's, it's fun. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to have to come over to your side and do that with you or something with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a great community. There's so much going on here. There's so many like people just honing their craft, musicians and healers and yoga instructors and uh, you, you name it. It's all here. The ayahuasca journeys, you know, psilocybin, whatever. You know, then there's like, you know, people fighting and uh, there's just all kinds of stuff. It's, it's amazing. You know, like with the youth I used to work with, they were all about scrapping and fighting each other. And, and it wasn't always like, you know, just for violence. It was just like part, that's just what they, they like to do, you know. And um, kind of where I grew up was the same as, you know, there's guys that like to fight and, you know, and there's, anyway, that's another topic. <laughs> well, so where do you see yourself going from here? If you can imagine yourself like in five years, what what is the big dream that you have? Um, yeah, I always saw myself like traveling around more and uh, doing more of like the spirit guidance mentorships I do, where I work with people individually for um, longer periods of time, for like a couple months, mm-hmm. and probably doing more of these sound healing breathwork ceremonies where we just people show up and they don't know what's really what to expect and they drop into their hearts and they breathe deeply and they get to this place of presence and an altered state of consciousness sometimes and with all the music and the sounds they leave changed like forever like a connect because they connect to that that what i call spirit that that presence that essence the connection to all things and from that place everything changes and the more you connect to that the more that's really all we need in life. I realize more and more is coming to that, that place of the connection with spirit. And then, oh, this is what's happening now, you know, rather than oh, I got to plan this and that. And, um, but I'd like a more stable, like home and stuff would be great. You know, like the place that I own and can live at, it's a home base rather than constantly moving every nine months. But that might be like the shaman thing in me or something because my teacher did that all the time. Maybe you're not meant to. Maybe you're meant to be a nomad. <laughs> Must be, yeah. I think I can change that. I think we can still change even that too. You can, but yeah. I mean, everything is possible. <laughs> well, it's hard because like this is always the, one of the challenges for you know the, that that path where it's like what is in the flow and then what is it I prefer and and where's like the middle ground with that you know we have our preferences and our desires and then there's like well the universe is calling me this way and it's not always like really very clear at least not for me you know sometimes it is it's like oh yeah this go this way yeah, yeah. well I can tell you the last eight years I've had to be very much in flow and just go with it um mm-hmm. and when I when I have gotten the information of like okay you need to leave your ex-husband you need to start your spiritual business you need to move to hawaii and like okay 
<laughs> and I, you know, I, I had no clue where it was going to lead me, but now I do know like where I am and what I'm doing with the galactic ambassadorship and channeling is ultimately what I am supposed to be doing. That, that is what I came to do. It just took 50 years for me to figure it out or allow it because <laughs> I wanted to fit in so much. Uh, yeah. Like growing up, I just wanted to fit in and be normal because I wasn't from a normal family. And But now I, I embrace not being normal. I actually very much appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's family is weird. You know? <laughs> Some more than others, but that's the blessing, right? Yeah, I guess from whatever perspective, because <laughs> I look at some families and like, I'm so glad I did not choose that kind of family or lifestyle. So yeah, I hear what you're saying too. It's like, like you had a very different kind of childhood with going to a, a school based on channeled material and which, yeah, I mean, obviously you chose that for a reason. I did. And I, I do know why now, because I really, I guess... I didn't want to have to wait until I was an adult to know like that we're more than just this human life, hmm. you know, sad. We are everything. That. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I remember when I was young and I'd lay in bed and I would get caught up in my thinking, you know, my ego and stuff. And I would think about death and like how finite that was. And in an intellectual place, it's terrifying. So I get why people would be afraid of death, but, I've experienced like, you know, past lives and also what happens in between life. And the best way I can describe it to people is like, you're looking all over for your glasses. You can't find your glasses. And then you die and you're like, oh, they're on my head. You know, like the whole time I was like, oh, it was right there the whole time. And there's a lot of my lives I saw like how beautiful I was or how smart I was or like how much I had in front of me, but I didn't really appreciate it because I couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, and we're here. We're here to experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, are there any parting words of wisdom that you want to share with the audience? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's. I said a lot already. I. I don't. I'm not sure what else. I would say other than like, the power of the breath like that breathing is the closest thing to who we truly are than anything in our head, any experience we've ever had, that the actual breathing in. And out, and even feeling like if there's a little tension there and just keep going with that breath, like that's closer to who we really are. And then the more we focus on that, it, it brings us in the presence and the more it's like, oh, okay. I know now rather than I think I know and all that stuff. So yeah, the power of the breath. Beautiful. And how can people find you? What's your so website? Or how can people find you? What's your website or what social media outlets are you on? Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I got a YouTube channel. If you just put in uh, Jason Donaldson Healer, you'll be able to find me. And also uh, jasondonaldsonhealer.com. You can have my website and my various offerings and I have a free tool on there as well. It's called the five minute energy shift, which is gets into breathing and different ways we can focus our consciousness to help shift our energy when we've uh, fallen into some stuff we're trying to get out of. And a lot of it, again, is the breath of just be 
breathing and becoming present and embracing the emotions. In fact, there's a gentleman I'm working with right now, my mentor, that his whole thing is just that breath and allowing the emotion to come and be with the emotion as you breathe and you breathe that into presence and everything changes and it in that energy is now available to like create other things, you know, rather than it always showing rather than the universe presenting things for the opportunity to feel the emotion that's always there. Yeah, it's really it's such a shift like, oh, yeah, that thing happens so I can feel the emotion that I'm carrying around all the time that I'm distracting myself from. And so once we do that, then everything opens, you know, I'm like snowboarding right now. I wanted to go snowboarding. I'm like, how am I going to make, how am I going to accomplish that? How's that going to happen? And it's like, oh yeah, I got air miles. Oh yeah, I can do this. You know, I just, it comes together. So um, that that's what I would say, the power of the breath. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So everyone grab that tool free on Jason's website, jasondonaldsonhealer.com. And Jason, I just want to thank you so much for being on with me. It is such a pleasure to actually have a, our first conversation. And I look forward to meeting you in person one day. And perhaps, you know, who knows where our dragons and our galactics will take us. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. For sure. I love I really appreciate being on your show. And thank you so much for all you're doing. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you to everyone watching or listening. And I'll see you next time. Aloha. Aloha.